0: She was like, uh, these Uggs softest Care Bear pussy. Everybody what? in the audience was like, what?
1: Literally, she was like, it's like sticking your foot in a Care Bear pussy.
2: On this episode, we'll be talking about the Golden Globes, Cat Williams, and a whole bunch of shit. This and more in this episode. Welcome um, to the Color Lavender Podcast, a podcast that talks about what is going on in the world we live in and how it affects queer folks. I'm PJ. I am David.
3: And I'm Nyjah.
2: Yay, Nyjah is back with yes. us. Yay, yay, she is yay. Back. We've missed her for a week. Um, Our episode was short because you weren't there, so it was about 45 minutes instead of like the normal like hour and 10 minutes.
0: It was a mess just so you know. We was getting sidetracked constantly. but it's all right.
3: <laughs> it's all right. I still have to go back and listen cuz I don't I don't know I'm actually didn't I say something to you and you were like, "Oh, we recorded." And I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Cuz you were like, "Oh, we need to talk about
2: color purple." I was like, "Oh, we already did."
3: <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah. Sorry, so I missed ready. out. <laughs> it's cool. I'm going to go back and listen to it. It's probably not as bad yeah. as I think.
2: Um all right. So we're so glad to have Nyjah back with us. We have our quote of the week, Nyjah. our quote. She's going to take us away.
3: All right. So my quote of the week is by Audre Lord. Um she is a black Lesbian, mother, warrior, poet is how she describes herself. Um, I'm not going to lie. I literally Googled like cool quotes from queer folk because the other quote that I had wasn't appreciated by our leader, Paul Mims. Um, But I digress. So this one will work just fine. This is, um, so by Audre Lorde, she says, my silences had not protected me. Your silence will not protect you.
2: Ooh. Yes. And, uh, actually, we brought an Audre Lorde qu- qu- quote last week. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. It
3: was a different um, quote, though, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, that one, now that speaks to me um, being an activist um, we all know that I'm very outspoken i well all three of us very outspoken about human rights um black rights any type of rights but definitely human rights and so we're always talking about people being silent and complacent and complicit um, with certain things and things don't get done so um yeah i I definitely feel like that really speaks to me a lot and um you know i I talk about SVU, I think every episode of the pod, at some point I mention SVU, but you know, even in rape culture and, you know, watching that show and how people, um, they're silent and usually their silence, it only protects the abusers and the oppressors, as opposed to, um, them being able to get through their situation in a healthy way. Um, there's no type of justice if you're going to be silent. So. Uh, so yeah, so that is by Audrey Lord.
2: At this point, I feel like we need to have a spinoff podcast about SVU watch watchery, like us reviewing SVU episodes because we were brought Listen. up SVU every single episode of this podcast. Listen.
0: And I'm gonna tell you, uh by the way, Nigel, since you watch it, uh it comes back on the 18th. But, uh, the oh, whole yeah. lineup, the whole lineup. of long. SVU Me and, and i have been waiting,
2: waiting for the new episodes.
0: Me too, because, listen, yes. I'm trying to see Stabler and Benson get together. Like, they need to hurry it up. Figure it out. Because
3: uh, Okay, I'm glad we're on the subject. I do not care for Unstabler. I don't care what y'all say. And Man. I have now officially jumped on the bandwagon with Paul about Benson. I can't stand her ass.
2: You get on my damn nerves.
3: Yes. Everything. You know what what I've noticed is that she makes it very difficult for other people to do their jobs. Like she always, she, she, one thing about her is she's hypocritical. She, Uh, she'll get too involved in cases and she'll be doing too much. And then as soon as she sees somebody else doing it, then she want to talk about, no, we got to go by the book. No bitch. Fuck that book. That's number one. (laughs) Number two, she, uh, whenever the DA is trying to lay down the law, okay. Trying to get some justice for people. She comes in with her self-righteous bullshit and she's just like, but what, but what about the abuse? What about this? What about that? What about it? Yeah, I understand that things happened when they were a child and, you know, but guess what? Everybody that has been abused, that has gone through some type of abuse or something is not walking around here, raping everybody, killing folks and all this other stuff. Come on now. You have to, at some point, that cannot be the only thing that you're factoring into everything. If this is premeditation, if they lured that person in and, and decided to trap them and then somebody died, you they got to pay for that because at the end of the day, you thought about that shit, you did that shit, now you gotta pay for that shit. Um, and then, also, I don't appreciate in the earlier seasons how Benson asked, she up in here playing in Kathy face and shit because she acting like she here for her and the kids. Meanwhile, you got this little telepathic love affair with Elliot ass. So yeah,
2: you ain't she, she get on my night damn nerves. Oh I'm my god. Actually, Not you know... <laughs> I was going to say... No, I'm uh, oh, sorry, David. I was going to say... Go ahead, David. Go ahead, David.
1: No, I was just going to say,
0: uh, that hurts my heart. But I but I understand all your points. That hurts my heart, though. Um, I'm st- Listen, I'm still on the Danny Beck hate train. I think she's the worst character in the, in the history of the show. I don't know why they put her in the show. You know, I'm sure she's a great actress. You know, I also don't like Nick Amaro, but that's, you know, we're we going to talk about that one later. Um... I will forever be on the Danny Beck hate train, so just so y'all know, I they could have kept her, they could have put her ass back in warrants and kept her ass there, okay. But I get your points about Benson though, but it hurts my heart. I just I
3: Beck I, had you know. no listen. Beck had no significance whatsoever. She okay? sure did. Like I, I don't care about about Beck. So yeah. <laughs>
2: she anyway, she, Paul, she was, was a say. filler. In the words of RuPaul's Drag Race, she was a filler. So
1: was some of them detectives. There
0: now are fillers, but we're not going to talk about that. That's another
2: episode. We're not going to talk about it. Gonna <laughs> talk about it. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I was going to say Damn. I agree with Niaja because remember the episode of SVU. Where that white girl liked dating black thuggish guys, and she um she lured someone a robbery, and they killed that boy that black uh oh, yeah. boy who was a... yeah yeah, sure do, and then yeah. when she was on trial, Benson would to be like oh no she she's part of she was in sex trafficking, she was abused she's you know the the boy her boyfriend was beating her, she's a victim bitch yeah she not that boy, innocent boy, who had a future killed. I actually just watched it. And I think
3: the brother was paralyzed.
2: And the brother was paralyzed, yep. Mm -hmm. I
0: just watched that episode, like, literally two or three days ago. Like, literally just watched it. So, I hear you. She's flawed, you know.
3: But remember, in that same episode, that young lady was able to live a double life because, ma'am, you were able to go back into the coziness of your luxury suburban neighborhood, whereas other people typically when they're dealing with sex trafficking, when they're dealing with other things, there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of distresses. And grievances and and lack of resources and everything that layers into a situation, right? So there's mm-hmm. a bunch of external factors that goes into that. You got a chance to leave that situation because you weren't, it's not like you were there, um, Permanently, you were able to go back home, go back to your school, go back to, you know, the life that you were accustomed to prior to you being introduced to this situation over here. So, even in that regard, like, yeah, there might have been some psychological damage, there might have been some spiritual breakage. She, you know, she, she probably was, you know, uh, under peer pressure of whatever the case may be. But he, the thing about it is you were able to lead that lifestyle and you kept coming back. And she even said herself that she did like some of the perks of being with that other famous rival rapper that she was around. So, yep. yeah, there was some things with that. And she literally got a slap on the wrist, like the slappiest right. of slaps
2: on the wrist. That's the new podcast coming soon. No, I'm just playing.
3: I mean,
1: Look, for real. Me.
2: Literally at this point. Um, like we can talk about SVU all day, but we do have to get to you know the, the normal podcast uh content. Uh-huh.
0: Um we're
2: gonna start off with our it's giving success shout-outs. Uh the Golden Globes just happened, so congrats to Ayo Edabiri. I think that's how you pronounce it. I could be wrong, uh, on winning a golden globe for best actress in a in a comedy series for the bear. Um, We have congrats to Billie Eilish, I guess, for her Golden Globe for, win- for winning best home. for winning best original song, yada yada. Um, <laughs> I only I only included her because she's queer. Listen, I love Billie, so that's fine. Um, also congrats to mother, RuPaul, for winning an Emmy recently for Best Reality Competition Host for the eighth time. I think RuPaul holds a record. Jesus. And then uh, also uh, to the cast of Queer Eye for winning an Emmy for Best Structured Reality Show.
0: Nice, nice, nice. There's some drama
2: between them. Have y'all been hearing the drama? Hell no. Well, I mean, it's it's like petty drama but apparently so you know one of them is leaving the show yeah i think i um, think i did hear that uh he's leaving the show and apparently bobby the bobby's the one who's leaving the show and apparently bobby and tan france don't stop following each other on instagram
1: ooh messy so <laughs> i it, it,
2: apparently you know, they're, at this point, they're just co-workers. They're not friends.
0: So, it, listen, soon as the unfollows come, that's when the drama starts. It's always such and such unfollows and such and such. That's where the tea comes. It just... The tea comes. Man, that's hilarious.
3: <laughs> think queer eye anyway. ended, like, a long time ago. Uh,
2: are you talking about the original queer eye?
3: Is is so the original Queer Eye? That's not what won that award.
2: No. So the so you know oh. the original Queer Eye was with Carson Kressley. Uh, yeah, that came out in the early two thousands. That ended a while ago, but then they revived it back in twenty fifteen, maybe twenty sixteen, with um Jonathan Van Ness, Karamo. Uh Bobby, Tan France, and um what's the other bitch name? Uh, Anthony.
1: <laughs> I just need to say before now, we continue. Oh, go ahead.
3: I was gonna say so the revised or the revived um revised revived uh version, that's the one that you were watching like when we had first met? Because I remember you talking about queer eye all the time. Is that the that's what you were watching? Paul? Oh.
2: Now that I'm thinking about it, was it the original? Oh, no. Are you thinking about Queer as Folk? Oh, just... Okay. <laughs> yes, no, you're talking about Queer as Folk. Yeah, no, this is not Queer as Folk.
3: You know what? Listen, I'm sorry, y'all. For, for it's all right. Completely disregard.
0: Uh, <laughs> disregard. No, I was going to say... um, I just wanted to put it out there. I love me some Karamo. I love me some Karamo Brown. I do. I just really do. I I I didn't realize <clears throat> because I was so out of the loop or whatever, I, I don't really be watching TV. I didn't realize that he had replaced Mori. Like he was retiring. He Karamo took over his show, and then like the Mori show was over, and then Karamo like stepped in his place. And I see, like, I don't know where it streams at, but I always see, like, clips on TikTok. Karamo be getting these folks together. Let me tell you, these, I just love him. I don't know why. I don't know that much about him. But, like, everything I, mean, I see about him, he just good. seems like a genuine, awesome human being. And I just love him. So, I just want to put that out
2: there. Well, he's very handsome. He's a very handsome man. Um, he has a wonderful he skin, is. by the way. Um, you Absolutely. know, he also has, like, two adult sons. Yeah, it, it was something
0: like he didn't know he either didn't know one of them existed or like. So I remember hearing about that. I don't know. I don't. I thought it was only. I only heard about one. I didn't know he had another one. But yeah, I did
2: know that. How old is he? So yeah. So he got. So he had a girlfriend when he was in a teenager, and he she got pregnant. Um, but this was before he came out as gay, mm-hmm. and you know, um, and she got pregnant. Oh yeah. But he never knew she had a child until like. Until years later, um and so yeah. uh I think when he found out he got into the boy's life, and I think she was i don't know what happened, I could be wrong, but I think she's on drug- she was on drugs or something, so he took custody of of him, but then he found yeah. out that he had a brother by the mother, like it's not karamo's but still like the brother's brother, so kramo took both of them
0: interesting yeah i didn't I didn't know that, but see. He's awesome. That's why I love
1: him. But yeah.
3: So actually, the um the son that um so his biological son, um, he actually had a drug problem as well. And mm-hmm. um he he came on the show. So after he went through rehab and healed and all that stuff, um, he uh he was on the show and they had a really, really um wholesome but yet Intense, um, and not not intense because they were mad or there was tension, but it was intense because of the topic itself. And um, right. back like you know, Karamo. I mean, it's kind of like he was humanized more so than anything. I mean, granted, he's very human, and when you watch the show and stuff like that, and you see how he talks to people. You know, he's not quick to get angry and stuff. Like he's very, you know, he's good with listening. But to sit there and have that conversation on a public platform, his public public platform, uh, to talk about the substance abuse that, you know, he had to basically go through with his son, um, was definitely, um, it was, it was gut-wrenching, but it was, it was really, Really needed it was necessary, um he cried, they both cried a little bit. they actually sound the same, which is really cute, and um, if the cutest thing was when his son popped up, he was like, Oh, come, come, come here, Daddy's baby, like he said that, and this is a grown man, oh. but he's so tender, you know, with his child, so yeah oh, that's, so so cute.
2: that's so cute. um, I met Tan France once, really, when, yeah. Remember when I uh was an extra for Next in Fashion, the Netflix show?
1: Oh, yeah. You were an like I... extra in a Netflix show? I
2: like, think uh, I do remember you
1: doing yeah. that.
2: Did when? you tell actually... me? I, I told everybody. Yeah, I was... When did this happen? This happened in 2022? Um, yeah, me and Ian are both extras. So we're, we're in episode nine of season two.
1: No way!
2: Look at that. I'm gonna watch. Um, Did you get yeah, paid? so like, no, it was free. Actions oh, was free, yeah. but we still had to do like. First of all, I got a taste of how reality shows are filmed, because um, that we it was we were there for like ooh, like eight hours. Jesus, because like you had like everyone had to sign an NDA. Then you, like, they had to put your phone away. Then you had to take a COVID test, because it's during COVID. Um, and then you had to mm-hmm. wait till your COVID test came back. And then if you were negative, then you were gone through. And then, um, and this was all before they shot. And so then we went into the studio, the big studio. Um, and then that's when they were shooting the, the runway scene of like, if you watch Next to Fashion, it's like Project Runway. So like when they make fashion. And so we were in the, we were in a fashion show. And so, they had to shoot the runway looks five different times three of them yeah. with music and two of them without music um and uh without music they had to uh, that's when they capture the judges critiques jeez um and then for the the ones with music uh it was with the music. So, and the, but then like, yeah, so it was a long day. It was a very long day. But yeah, I'm on episode nine. Also, Nanaija just disappeared.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you lost I think, due to technical difficulties. Oh, no. be right.
2: Okay, well, since, so until she comes back, uh, we're going to go ahead and take our first break then.
1: Our first topic are the Golden Globes. Did y'all watch? Huh? Did you watch?
0: Um, see what had happened was uh
1: I, <laughs> I don't got cable. You but got Paramount Plus. No, I don't. It hasn't
0: worked. No. Listen, Paramount Plus has not worked for me. I, I I was paying for the service and it
2: didn't work. No, it's not just you. My Paramount Plus always cut out. Um, I think Paramount Plus app is just extremely flawed. the
0: shoddy ass app. Don't even work. But y'all can take the lead on this, and I'll interject. You know, when I when I know stuff.
3: Um. Oh, this is definitely a Paul topic because
2: I didn't watch either. <laughs> I knew I knew that I, should, I knew I was gonna be like, uh, I'm gonna just let Paul roll with this one right um that's fine that's fine uh so uh so before so i'm just gonna list the winners um okay best motion picture drama oppenheimer won best motion picture comedy poor things won best cinema best cinematic achievement barbie won Best Actor in a Film, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer won. Best Actress in a Film, Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon won. Best Supporting Actor in, in a Film, uh, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Best Supporting Actress in a Film, Davina Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy Film, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy, Emma Stone for Poor Things. Best Director, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer. Best Original Song, Billie Eilish and Her Brother for Barbie. Best Best Drama Series, Succession. Best Comedy Series, The Bear. Best Actor in a Comedy Series, Jeremy Allen White. Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Ayo Ed Best actor in a drama series Kieran Culkin for Succession. Best actress in a drama series Sarah Snook for Succession. Best act- supporting actor in a series Matthew Mcfadden for Succession. Best actor in a limited series Stephen Young for Beef and best actress in a limited series Ali Wong for Beef.
1: Well, well, well. So there were no there were no
2: wins for the color purple. <laughs> There were no wins for Maestro. There were no wins for Rustin. There were no wins for, um am trying to think, other big movies of the year. Uh, Flowers of the Killer Moon only won one award, and that was Best Actress. Um, that was the Oscar bait of the year. It was Martin Scorsese directed, Leonardo DiCaprio starred.
0: Um mm, that movie. Okay. And, uh,
2: that movie was Oscar bait. It only won one category. So A
0: uh, question. For whatever reason, I thought that, because um, I don't really know how these award shows work, I thought that Color Purple didn't win because Co- Color Purple was, wasn't it like after the um, the cutoff? Like, it just came out no, on
1: Christmas.
2: No, um, the Color Purple was nominated. So it was still within eligibility limits. Oh, um, Wow. Uh and the no the nominations are best are based off of premieres and screenings. So the color purple came out to the public on Christmas Day, but the premiere was a, was like a month ago, a couple of months ago.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. What um, so what what
3: it what is the uh the eligibility um like time frame?
2: I believe The eligibility time frame for the Golden Globes is anything in 2023. However,
3: uh,
2: when it comes to award season, um, films that came out pre-October usually are never nominated. Um, Really? Yeah. So if if your movie came out pre-October, most likely you're not going to get a nomination. Um, Hmm. that's why a lot of like Oscar, like people, like producers and studios who want to push movies to win awards, they always push the premiere around Thanksgiving or Christmas because that's like the prime time. For um, actually, Thanksgiving is a prime time because by the time you open a movie on Christmas, uh, uh, voters of these academies have already voted or know what they're gonna vote for. So like. This is probably hurting the color purple because the color purple came out too late, and so a yeah. lot of the voters probably already have in their mind what they're going to vote for and the color. They probably haven't even seen the color purple. Um, it's a very flawed Actually, system. It's a very flawed yeah. system. Um, but yeah, that's usually how it goes. So that's why a lot of movies try to come out around Thanksgiving.
3: So
2: yeah, I think you so. Should my want question. Something.
3: Yeah, because I was gonna say, so so I guess what award shows or what awards can the color purple be eligible for if since they didn't get anything at the Golden Globes.
2: Oh, they're still nominated for other stuff. So they still have Critics Choice Awards nominations. That's coming that award show is coming up. Then they still can be um eligible for a BAFTA. They can still be eligible for Oscars. So those the Oscars and BAFTAs have not come out. The nominations have not come out yet. Um, the Critics' Choice. I think they got some nominations, and I what's the other one? The SAG, the SAG Awards. Um, that's another one that but they can win stuff.
1: Cool. I'm happy to hear that.
2: Um, so yeah, but I was you know I was kind of sad Daniel Brooks didn't win Best Supporting Actress, but I did hear the person who did win Davina. Um, I'm sorry, Davine Joy Randolph. She did. I heard she did a great job in the holdover. So. Um, another black queen. Actually,
3: I was just getting ready to say, wasn't she in the remake of "Uh, uh My Name Is Dolomite"? That was with, with Eddie Murphy.
2: I believe. It was, so. uh, ex- mm.
3: Okay, if, if that's who I think it is, yeah, she's she's good.
2: She and she's in um, a uh, murder the murders in a building. She's also in that show. Huh. Goodness. Yeah, she. Oh,
3: I was just, yeah, just saying, good for her.
2: Oh yeah, she's doing well. So I wasn't like when I heard she won, like when I saw she won, I wasn't mad. I was like, oh, oh, she's a good actress. Um, so if it would have been anyone else, I would have been pissed. But, <laughs> um, oh, but listen, I, I oh, go ahead.
3: i was gonna say Danielle Brooks has to win something. She was phenomenal. She was I fantastic. Hope
2: so. I hope. I hope she at least gets the SAG award, because SAG, the difference between SAG and the other one, SAG is voted by other actors. Not by... Oh, like yeah. She's definitely
0: getting that. And there ain't no way in hell she's not getting that. Yeah, if it's other actors,
2: yeah, no. Nah, she definitely wouldn't win one of them. So she probably has... She probably can get the SAG award for that. Um, I hope so.
0: Now nah, we burning shit up.
2: <laughs> but also, keep, keep in mind, the Golden Globes necessarily does not mean that these are the same winners at the Oscars later on. Sometimes the Golden Globes gets it wrong. That's fair. Now, if, if Devine Randolph starts winning a a SAG and a critics and a, and then you're going to be, we got to be worried because most likely she's going to win the Oscar as well. However, we still have hope. We still have hope. Yes. But I'm also really upset that Coleman Domingo then snapped. Coleman Domingo was brilliant this year, um, him playing Bayard Rustin and his performance of "The Color Purple." He he was just great. And who won? Oh, Killian Murphy. Um, Killian Murphy's a great actor, but I didn't see Oppenheimer. So
0: yeah, um, I didn't see Rustin either, but I saw some uh, some like clips of it. He was fantastic. Literally, and and obviously, I did see *Color Purple*. I mean, I, we said last week that he was better than than uh, Danny Glover, um, which, in my estimation, I think he was. Like, he was he was just great. So, no, I think he should definitely win
2: something
1: for sure. Um, and then, that,
2: that's any other ones? Bar I knew. So, the Best Cinematic Achievement Award—that's new. That was never in the Golden Globes before. Um, wait. I, I have a, uh, I have a story about Ali Wong.
0: Okay, what's the story? <laughs> what's so, the story? Okay, so a uh, years ago, this is probably 2000 and when was we freshman? 2012, 13, maybe 13, something freshman like that. College, I think so. Maybe it was sophomore oh. year, so thir- 13, 14, maybe. Okay. So. She's Allie Wong, for those of y'all who don't know, is a comedian. She's a stand-up comedian, or at least she was. So we had at University of Akron, we had this like series, like you know, we had like an entertainment series at EJ Thomas, which is like where all the big acts come and the you know, the stand-up comedians and the you know the musicians and the bands and all that. They all go to EJ Thomas. <clears throat> well, so one year. Ali Wong came to Akron. Um, they had a bunch of other comedians come and none of them was funny. But Ali Wong was actually hilarious. So the story is really not significant, but one of the jokes that she told uh, was something about, uh, oh, she was talking about how she got Uggs and she said um, she was like, uh these are softest Care Bear pussy. What? Everybody in the audience was like, what? Literally, she was like, it's like sticking your foot in a Care Bear pussy. And then after she said the joke, she looked to the side and from what I heard, she saw the organizers go like this and, and she was like, well, I don't think I'm going to be invited back here.
2: And then, like two minutes later, that was the end of her. Scene. Wait, well, that's that, funny. I think that's funny. Also, why are the organizers upset? You're in fucking college. Everyone's an adult. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like, I didn't even understand because I, I actually knew a couple of the organizers. Um, and they're like, and one of them who was like, not super high up, but like he was, he knew the decision makers. He was like, yeah, she probably ain't getting invited back. I'm like, why? She was funny. She was the only funny. It was, I'm telling you, it was like three comedians before her. And it was like four after her. She was the only one that was funny. Literally. I went to, I only missed like two of them. And it was one guy from, I can't remember where he was from. He was just not funny. Uh, One guy told a bunch of offensive jokes and, I mean, at least if you're going to tell offensive jokes, at least let them be funny. He was not. Um, they were just cringy ass, like, you know, you know, the kind of jokes, you know, um, mm-hmm. but this is 2013. So like, they were a little bit different, but you know, and then it was her and she was hella funny. And then everybody after her was not. So, but yeah, that whole <laughs> sticking your foot in the Care Bear pussy. I swear to God, that was, we was dying. It was it, the the thing, the, uh, the hall was almost full folks was I'm talking about folks had to get up and leave they was laughing so hard she was so funny but yeah that's my alley one story <laughs> yeah that's my alley Wong
2: story <laughs> um that is very funny. <laughs> why, is why is there an echo david what you do nothing
1: <laughs> i think it's gone now Yeah, it's gone now. Okay. It was you. I didn't do anything. (laughs) We're gonna have to cut this
2: part of the recording out. (laughs) No, we're gonna keep it in at this point because (laughs) we're on a time crunch. I'm kidding. Um but no, that is I I don't understand why they were like, oh, that's no, she cannot invite it back. We're all adult, like we're at college, we're all adults. These same people in this audience are probably uh beating the pussy up in the in the dorm room. That's
1: what I'm saying, like,
0: why why not invite her back? She was hilarious, and they did not invite her back. Like she she was she was at other schools like throughout that time, and they did not invite her back. She was in Ohio when, I remember she was. I want to say she went to Ohio State one year, and they had the opportunity to have her back and they literally would not have her back. Of course, but also Akron, my alma mater for the university of Akron, for those of y'all who don't know, um, they cheap, yeah. no, exactly. They cheap as hell. They kept on calling me talking about, Oh, donate, donate money. Yeah. I know. I know you asked me to donate cause y'all broke as hell. Broke ass school. Buildings falling apart. Had to have LeBron save the um, college education and all of it. You know what? That's a, that's a different episode for oh, a different
2: podcast. podcast episode. Um, but yeah. Speaking, speaking of schools, Nigel, did you get a letter from BGSU recently?
3: You know, I, I didn't check my mail today. Um, but no, not so far.
2: Um, I got, So I got one, I want to say right before Christmas. And I was like, oh, I got a letter from BG. And Brian, before I even opened it, Brian was like, oh, they're asking you for money. And I was like, oh, maybe they're just going to tell me about homecoming. I opened that mail. It oh, said uh-huh. we would enjoy your donation. I was like, oh, shit.
0: Enjoy the trash can. Like, I'm not donating money to BCSU. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. They ain't getting no money from me. They, they got $5,000 a, uh, a semester from me. They ain't getting no money from me.
2: Oh, yours so, is only 5000 a semester? Yeah,
0: I went to Akron. Child. Did you
1: hear I went to
3: school?
0: Just be nice. My, don't be nice. It wasn't. It wasn't. The tuition was nice, and I didn't pay the first couple of years. We're not going to talk about that. But uh, <laughs> uh, it was accurate. <gasps> so, yeah.
3: Nice. Huh? Do you all have a Popeye's on your campus?
0: No, we ain't had no Popeye's on the campus. We had a Chick-fil-A. Oh, I wish we had a Popeyes. I think we had a
3: Popeyes when I. I think you had one when I went to visit, like when I was in high school. Oh uh, well,
0: maybe they took maybe. it out. I don't know. Again, cheap.
2: Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> um, I think I think BG was was about ten thousand a semester. No, it, no, oh, no. You're right. No, it was ten thousand a year. It was ten thousand a year, but if you oh. were room and board, it was another ten thousand. Oh God, uh, uh-uh. uh, yeah.
1: Did you miss have a single? Hell no. Nah. Oh, I think you had a single. No, I, <laughs> no.
2: I, I stayed in Centennial though.
3: Yeah, Paul came to BG and got, uh, he got one of the new dorms, um, somehow I don't know, and mm. yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, because I was in busted ass Chrysler, which is clear on the other side of campus. We had this old elevator that was clearly put in here in the 60s and that bitch used to break down all the time. Like, oh, it was a scary room? elevator. <laughs> yeah, we was, yeah, Get I off. was far. Yeah, and then Paul talked about, oh, I was in Centennial. uh -uh. (laughs) Uh, No,
2: but, but Nigel left out one prime thing. She was, okay, Chrysler was, excuse me, Chrysler was broke down, but Chrysler had the sundial, which was a poppin' food court.
3: Ooh. That is true. That's very true. Sounds good.
2: (laughs) It was. Like, everyone, like, if everyone would would strike the sundial. Yeah.
3: How do we even get on school cafeterias and stuff? I don't even
2: know. At this point, um, oh, because we're talking about Ali Wong, and then it went to college, and then it went to BG, and then it went to dorms. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah this this episode is gonna be a hot mess, but we're gonna roll with it. We're um, gonna go with it. Keep it going. Keep it going. Um, so we can move on to our second topic, which I'm guessing is about Cat Williams.
0: Yeah, we could talk a little bit about Cat sure. Williams all
2: right, um, well, Cat Williams is not queer, however, um it's important to the queer community that we talk about this because cat williams literally sat in an interview for like over 2 hours reading people for filth Man. so that that's pretty queer adjacent and is
0: really is cuz i i I, <laughs> I i didn't listen to all of it in advance but like the stuff i heard oh my god he was just going in on people and i'm like you must have been i literally when i was listening to this i'm like brother you must have been holding this shit in for 20 some years because you're going reaching back and talking shit about people
2: he didn't even let shannon sharp like do a proper intro into his show he instantly started going after Ricky smiley
0: right it's like they they talk about oh well Shannon's a poor interviewer. Well, how do we know after this interview because <laughs> Kat was doing all the talking. Right, like he could not get a word
2: in. Shannon could not get a word in.
0: I mean Jesus, but you know it was it was good. It was it was good stuff. You know. Um, one but thing Shannon, I, I did want to but Shannon oh,
3: Sharp. I say, but Shannon Sharp though. First of all, he makes it perfectly clear that he's not like a journalist. He's like, if you want to go to a journalist or somebody who specializes in journalism and broadcasting and stuff like that, then y'all can go over there with him. He's a conversationalist. That's what he that's what he calls himself. And he's Mm -hmm. the type of person where he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to he doesn't want it to just be like, okay, let me ask a question and then they give an answer. Okay, I'm gonna ask another question. He wants it to flow and he wants you to be able to feel as comfortable with divulging whatever you feel. He's gonna ask a question and basically wherever the conversation it goes, it goes. And so I feel like with him, he's had this show for two, three years or so. So it's like by now, people should know what they're getting out of Shannon Sharp and they should understand um basically what you're gonna get out of the show in totality. That he's just somebody where he's not going to talk right. over the in, uh, over the interview he's yeah. not going to yeah. sit um, there and yeah. you know put too much uh, of his beliefs into things He's literally, just literally I mean, sitting there just to have like a casual out. conversation so, with a drink in his hand like they show was that's nothing yet. pretty much what it is so he always yeah, does some he's people, like known every show just love, I'm pretty sure
1: he just, uh, going
3: after you he know it. certain it's hosts like, of shows and stuff without Jesus, doing their proper research every single show and but that's actually the like reason why the people that he's into you. Said, That's the reason why they like um, going to him because they're was, like it's a conversation. It, it makes us feel comfortable about, like, different to of divulge jokes and him to talk about things we probably wouldn't normally talk about no with anybody. Jokes
0: else. are funny. Um, and
3: so, yeah. he, and he also has a show that, with like, Ocho wow, Cinco, Chad Johnson. I have never Chad, heard Ocho Cinco, Johnson, however that. people put it,
2: but they have they have
3: their own, and it was significant because all these comedians were making jokes like that. Like I don't know if they're they talk about. We're gonna stuff. get to him later, and yeah, so um, they went over everything but, with the whole Cat Williams thing, but yeah, Cat.
0: It, it was significant oh, that he said that.
2: Oh no, I agree, and um, and we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break before we go more into it, but let's take a quick break, and we're back.
3: Back, 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 back again.
0: Like we never left.
3: Right. Um, Oh, it's tech, tech, technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. (laughs) Tech, 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 technical.
0: A mess is what you are.
3: Okay. So, um, yeah. So our next topic, uh, we want to get into... Is the Cat Williams interview uh that has swept the nation, of course. Um, I sat through and watched the entire thing. Um, it was very long. And actually, somebody uh on Twitter or something had said they're like, Nobody told me that this Cat Williams interview was longer than the color purple, because it definitely oh. is. Um and, no, it really is. It's a very long interview. It's really long. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, but because, you know, I, I work from home, so I just played the podcast and listened to it in its entirety, but yeah, it's, it was a lot of gems. um, But it was also some controversial things that he talked about, especially from the uh, comedian um, realm or the realm of comedy. And so I definitely wanted just to kind of get um, a couple of, things off my chest about it. Actually I really don't have much to be honest. Um I think one of the things though Paul that you wanted to talk about specifically was I think it was the uh about his dis his distaste or his grievances with wearing dresses. I think that was something you had slightly mentioned. Yeah. Um and so yeah that's been like a really really big thing that people have been talking about um, but, yeah, outside of that, uh, I did not realize that it was uh, as much, I guess, trouble um, behind closed doors as it pertains to comedians. Um, it was, I mean, he was dropping a lot of names. There's been a lot of receipts, and I'm talking like a CVS receipt um, <laughs> as Ooh. it pertains to, yeah, them long receipts, uh, as it pertains wow. to certain situations. Yeah. And so, yeah, he just, I mean, he... He's basically he was talking about how the industry is and what comedians go through, looking at gatekeepers in the comedy world and seeing basically who are the people that gets um cer- certain recognition versus those who don't get recognition kind of looking at um the pay grades to seeing like who gets kind of pay- not really uh he wasn't it's not like he was trying to pocket watch anybody per se but just kind of looking at the type of opportunities that some people have um in comparison to others especially those who have been on the stand up circuit um for as long as they've been because we know that typically what happens is people who do stand up usually uh they usually go into acting. So then they become a comedic actor and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, people would be doing stand-up for like, you know, 20 plus years before they really quote unquote make it. And so um it's it seems like there's some cookie cutter uh people that you know he's not too fond of, but then also looking at a lot of uh fake people, people that are not uh, as real as they come off. And so yeah, he definitely had a lot of things to get off of his chest. Um one of the things that I will say, though, is I loved how he gave Bernie Mac his his flowers. Um, he wanted everyone to know that Bernie Mac is a stand up guy and that he's you know, he's a man's man. He's a comedian's comedian, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, I yeah, I was a it was a, a very enlightening thing, an, an enlightening interview. Um, some people had a problem with Shannon Sharp's way of doing things, but I'm like, he's not a journalist, nor has he ever advertised himself as that. He's just a conversationalist and people feel comfortable with talking to him about things. So if you want to go to watch Larry King or you want to go watch, you know, somebody else who specializes in specific like journalism and broadcasting, then go watch them. So um, I do like the fact that uh, Cat Williams did feel comfortable to speak about things because it's not often that he does a lot of interviews. He's definitely somebody where he stays out of the spotlight. He's not on social media like that. So, yeah, um, it was really nice to see him and he had to clear up a lot of things because, you know, I mean, I don't know if y'all knew about a lot of the controversies just with him, past behaviors and all this other stuff that Mm -hmm. happened with him from years back, getting into trouble and stuff. He wanted to shed some light on all of those things because people Other comedians were blaming it on drugs and all this other stuff, but nobody was really reaching out to him necessarily to see what was going on. So that was also another thing that he wanted to talk about. So he definitely was able to speak his truth. It caused some stuff. Comedians have been coming out of the woodwork, responding to, you know, any and everything. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of what I have uh, with that. But um, to lead into Paul's, uh, to lead into his stance on things, um, the dresses for whatever reason. Um, he was really, really, really passionate about talking about black men wearing dresses. And he said that, uh, Tyler Perry and Ricky Smiley specifically are really, really good at playing women better than they are with playing male roles. And, um, there's, but the thing about it is there are so many comedians who have, done that like i mean eddie murphy he's you know uh he's worn a dress because you know for the clumps and uh, the uh for that he's also um uh what's his name martin lawrence with big mama's house i mean you have you know other people i mean there's uh what's his name robin williams robin right? williams, williams.
2: Doubt, fire yeah
3: yeah so I mean there's a lot, but there's a huge difference between when black men do it versus when white men do it, and me personally i I think that maybe cat I think that his perspective is like they're trying to turn you out or turn you into something else if you're put on a dress um of i I don't again this is com- this is coming from somebody that's in the industry, and we all know that there's like all those. I guess, um, sayings of like Illuminati and things of that nature. So maybe that's kind of like where he's coming from me. My thing is, it's just the fact that black masculinity is literally always under attack. So I kind of like, for me, I'm like, I could see how people would get upset from black men wearing dresses just because black, the black uh masculinity, black manhood is always under attack. But at the same time, if you're doing this for the sake of comedy, comedy is supposed to be this light-hearted thing that shouldn't be taken serious. So I don't understand what the big hoopla is specifically from that. Yeah, I don't I I, I don't know. That's all I have, but um uh but Paul, you wanted to definitely talk <laughs> about that.
2: Yeah, um a, a few things. Uh one, I didn't watch the whole um I was not gonna sit through two I think it was like what two hours and forty-eight minutes of interviewing. Something like, Something that. like that. Um I yeah. But um I, I do wanna touch on a couple of things. One is um it's one thing to be this passionate about not wearing a dress or you know, doing cross dressing in movies or in comedy for the sake of Um, I don't find making fun of, like, trans people is funny. Like, that's a different type of, like, you know, refusing to wear a dress. His, I don't think that was that. I think his has a lot to do with very, like, you know, typical Black, cis male men who don't want to demasculate themselves. Um, and if he didn't want to wear a dress in his, in his career fine that's fine um that's his choice that's his prerogative that's you know he has every all the right to do that but i think he kept touching on it a lot and it kind of seemed like and i'm not putting my words in his mouth but it kind of seemed like oh i'm not gonna give away my integrity to put on a dress um, because that that's just like the worst thing that could happen. I think that's where I had a little problem with it because I was like, okay. And also, I wouldn't even put Tyler Perry in that category. Not not you, Nigel, but what he said about Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry became famous because he made Medea. He wasn't a comedian oh, yeah. first, and then decided to quote unquote sell out and then put on a dress. Like Tyler Perry's Medea was his brand. So right. I, I like I when he mentioned Tyler Perry, I was like, ah, I wouldn't consider Tyler Perry because that's a different category. Um, but you know, with Ricky Smiley, Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, uh uh Robin Williams, all these people, um, you know, yeah, they did. They played these roles. They also got a lot of money from it. Um, and so for them, they probably was like, this is a huge check. This is a a crossover. Like, those roles were crossover roles. Big Mama House transcended Black audiences. White people were seeing Big Mama's House. Um, Like, so that was his crossover moment. And maybe Kat was like, I'm not doing that to do that. And that's fine. But I'm just like, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, And also when he said, I put in my contract that the next time I do a movie with Ricky Smiley, he has to be in a dress. I thought that was odd. I was like, what kind of contract did you What? <laughs> like, I- I'm not a film actor or I don't know about contracts, but I-, I just find it hard. Like, I could just see his agent and manager being like, what do you want me to put in this contract? Like, What?
3: Well, first of all, how could you even dictate what the next person can do? Like, what do you, what do right. you mean? I I found that odd. Like, okay, so basically in order for me to do this movie, this person's going to have to do this. Like, how do you even have the audacity to like, yeah.
2: Right. That was weird to me. I I didn't understand that at all. Um, at all. Uh. But, you know, there were some gems of the interview. Uh, he had some reads on there that were pretty funny. Um, I think what took me out was when he said uh, Cedric the Entertainer had what? He had four comedy specials and none of them are on Netflix or Tubi. I said... Uh...
0: <laughs>
2: that shit took me...
0: No. When I tell you, I was dying. When I...
2: <laughs> oh my god he called Cedric and a walrus. I was like, what is going on?
3: And that was, was in, like, lot. the first seven minutes.
2: Yeah. That right. And I love how, like, when he was, like, talking about Cedric and Turner like that, Shana was like, whoa, w- whoa, what is going on? Here? <laughs> I, and then, uh, also, what was another gem? It was another joke that he said that was so funny. Um, I can't remember what it was. But uh oh, another thing that I thought was odd. When he was talking about when Cat was talking about his life, um he was like I left home at 13, uh moved to Miami, Florida. Uh my me and my dad didn't get along. That's why I moved out. And Shannon, you know, no Shannon's not a journalist, but he was doing okay was like, "Okay, so you didn't get on with your dad. Was there abuse in the home?" And like whatever, and Cat kept like beating around the bush. And he was like, I didn't say that. And then Shannon was like, okay, so when you left the home, y'all had an altercation. And then Kat would be like, yes, we had an altercation. And so, and and then Shannon would be like, oh, so y'all always butted heads. Like, did you always butt heads growing up with your father? And he's like, I didn't say that. And I'm like, Kat, what, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I, I,
0: yeah, that was, that was weird.
2: I was like, are you going to answer this man's question or not? Like, obviously you did have a problem with your father. You left home. um, You moved away. And you probably did butt heads because you literally said, Kat literally said, if I would have stayed in the house, me or him would have been dead. Jeez. So obviously there was some turmoil in that house. Um, but I was like, if you don't want to talk about it, you could have just told Shannon, like, I don't really want to get into that. That's very personal. That's you know, it's triggering. I don't want to get but keep scooting around saying I didn't say that, but I'ma say this, but I didn't say that. I'm just like, okay, okay, cat. But <laughs> that's all that's all and and uh and a whole Ludacris being part of the Illuminati. Uh I don't know. I I didn't watch it nice. How did Ludacris even come up?
3: Oh, because it's been, it's been a minute since I've seen it. Um, I think that they were talking about, uh, they both got invited, <clears throat> excuse me. They both had got invited to some Hollywood party or something. And um, basically, uh, I think it was like a role. It was something that came up where both of them were kind of up for it, I think. And then um, from there, basically, it was like, they kind of had to make a choice between the both of them. Um, And then I guess they kind of went with Ludacris because Ludacris cut his hair. He, you know, he changed a lot of things about himself in order to kind of like appeal to be more palatable, I guess. excuse me. Um, But yeah, I, you know, and the thing about it is, is like, the 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 stuff that he was talking about specifically like with his image is back now. Like, you know, he has his facial hair with the, you know, his you know, Ludacris always did weird things. Not I don't say weird things, but he always did different things with his sideburns and stuff.
2: And so mm-hmm. like that's
3: back. He has his braids back. But at the same time he's also like well established now in comparison to when he was making the transition into films and stuff like that before. But yeah, that was um Yeah, I can't remember specifically, but I just know that uh, they both ended up at the same party. And then it was like, okay, well, now we have to make a choice between these two people um, uh, as to who's going to be next to do something. Uh, Ludacris responded through a freestyle um, where he addressed he addressed everything. And I'm just like, well, I don't think anybody was asking for a freestyle, even though he didn't rap. But in he that can, specific thing, I'm like... Yeah, I was like, I don't know if anybody it was, was, it was an looking odd, for
2: that. It was an odd uh, odd rebuttal. I was like, okay. Like, we know you can rap, Ludacris. We love you, Ludacris. Um, but I, a, a short statement would have been better.
0: <laughs> yeah, not a single soul asked for that.
3: Did you see... Did y'all see uh, Godfrey? He does the Steve Harvey impression. And so yes. he responds. You, did you see it? His response? I,
0: I know he doesn't. No, I, ha, I haven't seen that, but I, I have heard. No, oh, Martin my gosh.
3: So, yeah, Godfrey. Uh, Godfrey is a comedian from Chicago. And um, so he's been doing comedy for 20 something years. He was in Soul Plane, um, I think, was like his first movie where he was one of the pilots. In that. Yeah. Um, and and so, but he does a, a really, really great Steve Harvey um impression. And so he responded to Cat Williams as Steve Harvey, and it is <laughs> hilarious. So y'all should definitely go back and watch it. And I'm like, and literally, that is a great response. That, like, you know what? I accept it. Steve Harvey does the real Steve does not have to do a response if he doesn't want to, because Godfrey is spot on but yeah it definitely listen it ruffled some feathers now he i don't know the cat was like look all right y'all been talking y'all been saying stuff it's time for me to, to speak my piece and yeah
2: yeah and there was some truth because i saw some videos where especially the steve harvey there was a video of mark curry saying a joke from like the 90s or something and then Steve Harvey saying the same joke like years later, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that cat was right. Like, that's literally the same joke verbatim." Um, and I, there was like an interview of Mark Curry saying, "Like, oh yeah, he stole my shit." Um, but, uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper versus the Steve Harvey show. Like, you can see similarities. Like, I get it. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I definitely see." Um, the whole like you you know he's stealing my shit
3: to actually ask y'all about that because okay these are two shows that were very popular in the 90s we know that black writers producers were not really a thing in the 90s so my question is, did Steve technically, technically speaking, if he's not a writer or a producer directing anything and he's not really adding anything outside of acting, did he really steal that from him? Like, and this is not to discredit or be dismissive of of Mark Curry or anything like that. I will never ever do that. But I'm, I kind of thought about it. I was like, well, if he's not actually writing and producing anything, is he really stealing something from you? And granted, um, did he have the space? Was he in that space where he could go and make significant changes? So that way it could be uh, different from hanging with Mr. Cooper. And I'm more familiar with the Steve Harvey show in comparison to hanging with Mr. Cooper, but um, but yeah, this is not like I said. It's not to be dismissive of Mark Curry, but I wanted to know uh, y'all your thoughts, you and David, on is that like technically is that kind of stealing? Like, what do you what do y'all think about that?
0: Well, from my perspective, um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say because if he if he didn't write or direct the show, like obviously he only had so much input. Then I guess technically he didn't, but I've always been led to believe that even if he didn't um, write or direct, he had a major part in a lot of what happened on that show. And so my guess is no matter what the situation, he probably did steal some stuff. Um, And y'all, listen... I have some celebr you know. I I told y'all before. I have celebrities that I really love that are I ride or die for, and I have celebrities that I can't stand. Y'all know, y'all heard about Lauren Hill. You know, I can't stand Lauren Hill. Y'all know, I can't stand J Lo. Um, who's the other one?
2: Um, apparently Bradley Cooper.
0: Oh well, that ain't no big deal. <laughs> but so J Lo, Lauren Hill. And- oh, go ahead.
3: Did you ever talk tell us why you don't like Lauren Hill? I don't think you ever explained it.
0: Oh yeah, well, so let me let me go back to that. Um, okay. My issue with Lauren Hill <laughs> is um, it's the fact that every year for the last twenty years almost, this woman has been putting on ha- has been stealing money from folks basically because every year. She she tricks folks into oh we're gonna do a ten year anniversary oh we're gonna do this we're getting the Fujis back together and I'm gonna perform some of my old songs and blah 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 and then Robert uh, Robert Glasper uh, put out it well I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back to him in a minute but basically she's been stealing money for people from people for twenty years um, because she's always late um, her performances are are never as good as they're supposed to be. Um, and she's so just so flipping about it. And I can't, first of all, I can't stand folks who are late. Um, just, that's why a few years ago when I saw her ass was getting booed uh, at the concert somebody I know was at, I was like, good. That's what she deserves. She deserves it for, for stealing money from these folks. Um, but then what really solidified it for me was, A, the fact that she has put out one album and folks calling her a legend, like she don't have the discography. So, that L word needs to just gone because she put out one album. Okay, as great as it was. Speaking of uh, that album, uh, she was sued by the people who wrote and performed on that album because she didn't give them credit, which is why in her performances, the songs don't sound nothing like they do in the album. And frankly, they don't sound as good from what I've heard. But what really took the cake for me was when Robert Glasper, y'all need to look him up, he's an excellent musician pianist and musical director he's just amazing he's not a singer but he is a fabulous musician he got on a pod uh it was a podcast or something a few years ago and he was talking about his experience with her how she was was telling them she tried to say Robert Glasper needed to audition and he was like if you if you want to know what I sound like go listen to one of my albums I've won Grammys like Girl bye I don't audition. So then was talking about how um you got his her manager came in talking about, oh, you gotta you gotta call her Miss Hill and all of this. I'm like, girl bye Miss Hill. We're put out another album and then we'll call we'll think about it. And then he said, he came out and was like, what did he say? He came out and said, uh when they were doing an audition for a show that they were getting paid a million or $2 million or whatever it was, Uh, they were doing auditions. And at the last audition, they want to say, Oh, well, Lauren, they, first of all, she was changing how they played every single rehearsal. And then at the last rehearsal, she was like, Oh, well, Lauren doesn't really like how y'all been playing. So we're going to give you half the pay that we originally told. You. I was like, huh? And then he got up and left, and he was like, "Y'all need to wire me my money, and everyone else, or I'm walking." And y'all need me because this show is tomorrow. And so when I heard that, I was like, "She's trash." So again, I'm one of those people. If Lauren Hill ain't got no haters, it means I'm mute, I'm deaf, or I'm dead, because she gonna always have a hater in me after that. J Paul and I have already talked about my issues with j with her thieving ass. Don't even get me started. Um, and my third one is Steve Harvey. Well, actually, my fourth one is Donnie McClurkin. We we're not gonna get into that one in oh, this podcast. Have an issue you. Right? you know about you know my problem with Donnie McClurkin. We're not gonna get into that this episode, but I have a real problem with him. But my fourth one is Steve Harvey. And it's because I just, I, I've never heard a single person say anything positive about him that's been around him. He he comes off as just so damn fake all the time. Like, you know, he talks about how he was homeless, which is cool. You know, people be homeless. He talks about, and then its it's just this energy around him. It's just so damn fake all the time. Like, and then, you know, people are, oh, well, we I don't want none of my staff looking at me or knocking on my door. It's like, you ain't that damn important. Like,
2: and it's you know, funny, the whole homeless story actually, cat brought up. Yeah. Because Kat right. believes that Steve Harvey was making that shit up and was just using Kat's story as like. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, who knows if it's true? I mean, I'll take his yeah. word for it. Right. You know, yeah. I don't hope people ain't lying about being homeless. But my other problem is why is he being presented as a relationship issue when he'd been married, not only been married three times, he's cheated on all of his wives except with the next wife. So he cheated on his second wife with his current wife. It's like, why are you a relationship? Why are you putting that book out? Think like a man, talk talk like a woman or whatever it was. I'm like, you could have kept that because who is taking advice from you? Um, And then, you know, I think, listen, I think Bernie Mac's one of the greatest comedians of all time. Top five. I mean, hands down, there are very few comedians better than Bernie Mac. And as a matter of fact, I would argue, without Bernie Mac, the Kings of Comedy would have had no success. Because he carried that tour. Carried it. You could have put stiffs in front of Bernie Mac, and he still would and they still would have sold out. That's how good of a comedian, that's why his ass was, was when he was going first, There's like, nah. Mm-mm. And that, Steve Harvey said that he was initially first on the tour, and then they was like, "Nah, we can't follow Bernie," so they put him last, as they should have, because he carried that tour. When when I heard Steve Harvey was undercutting him to get Mister Three Thousand or whatever, I, it might have been Charlie's Angels went to the to the director to try to. I, again, I think, I think it, was I think, I think it was, was. I
3: think it was that was uh, Ocean's Eleven. Oceans Eleven. Yeah. Apologies,
0: yeah. but yeah, that's my issue with Steve Harvey. Sorry, I'm got I I got so far off track. I, but Steve Harvey was really where I was gonna go first. Um, I did think it was hilarious getting back to the Cat Williams thing. Sorry, I got off track, y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm very passionate about about these things. So, um, my the funniest thing that I heard he said was actually about Steve Harvey when he was like. Uh, and actually I have the article about the uh the interview up on vulture.com. You should you should go to it because it has a comprehensive list of the most interesting things. So one of the things he said was, you couldn't be a movie star. There are 30,000 new scripts in Hollywood every year. Not one of them asked for a country bumpkin black dude that can't talk good and look like Mr. Potato Head. I don't know about y'all, but I was dying laughing. Partially oh, no. again because partially again because I'm a Steve Harvey, Harvey hater. So you know, but, um, yeah, I, I, again, getting back to the Cat Williams interview, um, I think some of the stuff he said was, um, <clears throat> was just really interesting too. I, I think before the break, I had mentioned that he brought up something about, you know, rape culture where he was like, there's never a scenario. And I'm paraphrasing. There's never a scenario where rape is funny. Cause he was talking. I think it was was it Dave Chappelle who made a joke like that. Was somebody who made a joke about it. And he
2: was no, like, there's was no scenario about, where that's going. it was about um when he was filming Friday. Uh I forgot which oh, Friday right. it was.
1: That's and, right. Uh, that's when, right, that's right. There was
2: a scene where he was supposed to be raped, and it was like a comedic scene, but he said, yeah. I'm not doing that scene because he says I, nothing about rape is funny.
0: Yeah. And I and actually I don't I don't know that I've ever heard a comedian say that. Like, I thought that that was significant. Um, but, you know, what was what was interesting for me is the list of people that he was talking about just kind of seemed... I mean, it kind of seemed like it was all over the place. I mean, of course, you got comedians, Kevin Hart, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer. Um, you know, then he brings up Kanye West. Um, you know, obviously Steve Harvey. He brought up Harvey Weinstein, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was good because, you know... I don't think that people talk about him enough about how horrible of a person he was. Um, Ricky Smiley seemed like it was kind of out of nowhere. Chris Tucker, um, Wanda Smith. I know that there was that whole interview with, you know, how she was trying to accuse him of stuff. Um, Faison Love, um, Michael Blackson, Jonathan Majors. Like it's a bunch of people, Joe Rogan, um, and so it's you know it seems like it's a comprehensive list of people. It's just kind of funny. Now I, I wanted to stick on Diddy too because he did bring him up.
2: He did bring up Diddy. My
0: issue, first of all, I will never and 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 I will say this until I'm blue in the face. I I don't know if y'all know. I am a huge Michael Jackson fan. Huge, right? I will never, as long as there is no evidence, I will never give credence to when people. Put Michael Jackson and R. Kelly in the same sentence. I will never do it. I will never acknowledge it. I will never, ever, ever, for as long as I never see evidence, I will never acknowledge that claim that they belong in the same sentence. So when people say, oh, well, when I talked about Michael Jackson, when I talked about R. Kelly, no, no, sir. There was never any evidence about him. There was never, there were claims, but that was all disproven. So that man is dead, right? ain't no evidence. I will never give credence to that until I see evidence. So that's what I wanted to stick on for that because I can't stand when people do it. I know that they're, they're, he might have been on Epstein's island list or whatever it was. When the evidence comes out, let me know. But until then, I don't want to hear it with Michael Jackson. Don't want to hear it. Um, But the last point to... Sorry, again, I'm all over the place. To, to piggyback off of what Paul said, you know... When are we as Black people going to stop having the same fucking conversations? I mean, seriously, this conversation about actors wearing a dress comes up every three to five business days. Seriously. Like, Brandon T. Jackson was talking about it. Cat Williams was talking about it. Um, Who else says something about it? Um, Dave Chappelle says It's like, it's the same conversations. The same conversations. Nobody gives a shit about you wearing a dress. Nobody cares. They ain't trying to emasculate you. You ain't that important. I, I understand that, you know, things happen. And yes, I understand that Hollywood is racist. It, everything's deep in, in racism. I get that. But can we stop having the same conversations? It is getting us nowhere. And I'm so tired of this shit about dresses.
2: Like, I, I Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um and uh but before we move on, <clears throat> we've been talking for a while, so let's let's go ahead and take another break. All right, we're back. Um, um we we went long in this episode, so we're just gonna, you know, wrap stuff up. Um so basically, yeah, there were some gems of the Cat Williams interview. There were some things that, you know, were, you know, we were like, do like we're sick of this conversation. But it was a lot to take in. It was a two over a two hour interview video and it was a lot. So, um, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear more and more about people coming back to rebuttal against Cat. But, um, all right, uh. I guess we're going to move on. We're towards the end now. We're going to talk about recommendations. Um, I don't really have any. I guess the only recommendation I have, uh, Mean Girls, the fi- the film adaptation of the stage adaptation of the film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Uh, premieres Friday. It premieres Friday. So I guess uh, people, if they want to see Mean Girls musical film version, um they can go see it this weekend so <sighs> anything else y'all none from my side all right well that is our episode and we will be back next week ciao bye